Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Well, hey, everybody, welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo. And on today's episode, we're going to talk about Mortarstone. Mortarstone is a software company that provides metrics for churches. And I think you guys will enjoy today's conversation. I'm actually joined by a friend of the ministry. This is Vinny Hu, who's with us today. He's the director of Finn Health and Stewardship. It's a ministry at Hoboken Grace Church in Hoboken, New Jersey. And that's just across from the Hudson River. And it's really close to Manhattan. So it gives you an idea kind of where he's located in the country. Vinny, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you, first of all. How did you end up at Hoboken Grace? Why stewardship? Why financial health? Why is that important to you? And also, are you married, children? Just give us a little bit of an overview of who you are and why you're at Hoboken Grace. Happy to. Thanks for having me on, Leo. It's, uh, it's great to talk to you. I am Vinny Hu. I'm married for 14 years and have two beautiful daughters, 12 and 9. If you can probably tell, I've got a British accent because that's where I grew up. I was born in Taiwan, grew up in in England, I met my wife, who's a New Yorker, uh, some years ago at work. And uh, when we were about to have our first one, she wanted to come home. So we came to the US in 2008. We spent a few years out, out in the burbs and we did the opposite of what a lot of people do is we went to the burbs, didn't quite like it, and uh, went towards the city, found ourselves in Hoboken in 2012 and uh, have been here ever since. It was supposed to be a one-year experiment, and nine years or so later, we're still here. Mm. We love it. Hoboken Grace Church is a 14-year young church. Um, It started as a vision with five people, and uh, just before COVID hit, we were at north of 2,000 on, you know, big weekends like Easter and Christmas. So it's just been awesome to see what God's done in the Hoboken community and get to be part of the mission. So, uh, yeah, that's how I ended up at Hoboken. My career has been in IT. I was on Wall Street uh, as well as consulting. I was at a tech startup. And in 2014, I'd always been interested in personal finance. And I'd gone through Financial Peace University, and I really liked it. And I brought it into Hoboken Grace in 2014, and uh, people took it 15, 20 at a time. And I joined the elder team in 2016 of of the church. And even then, in 2016, 2017, we were bursting at the seams. We were running out of space, and we realized we really needed to raise money to to get our own space, because at the time, we were still renting a school. Actually, we're still renting a school. But we had to confront the reality that as leaders, we weren't discipling our people to be financially healthy, to manage and steward their resources well. And so before we went and and did capital raising, we actually took the entire church through Financial Peace University in 2018, which was just uh, an awesome experience in seeing the amount of debt that people paid off and 
giving increasing as a byproduct of people managing their resources well. And uh, after that ended, uh, my family just felt the calling for me to quit my corporate job and uh, go into stewardship. So that's what I've been doing since 2019. That's awesome. Well, I've, I got to meet you a couple of years ago at uh, the CSN Forum and really just connected with your heart. I, I know this is something that uh, definitely uh, is a gift for you and something that you are very passionate about. I, I got the sense of that right away. And uh, one of the things that you and I talked about recently is just what you're doing at Hoboken Grace with metrics. And that's kind of intuitive for a lot of us that are stewardship minded. We, we like the numbers. We, the numbers speak to us and let us right. know how things are working. So, mm-hmm. so that's not unlike uh, for someone that's in your role to, to consider, hey, h- how are we doing? This is something that every ministry should be measuring. But for us in stewardship, even more so, because we recognize that there's a process that people need to go through. There's a learning and there's an application. And of course, there's a result. And part of that is to, to it, it actually shows up on the bottom line and, and it shows up in giving it to, to be just perfectly blunt. If you're discipling people in the area of generosity and stewardship, they're going to learn what God says. And God says that we are not only to manage what he's given us well, but also to be generous, right? Part of it is for us to use Part of it is for us to share and to invest in God's kingdom. And so part of what you and I have been doing at churches, obviously, as serving in these roles, is to walk people through that process and help them to mature. As you guys were doing that at Hoboken, as you've been doing over the last two years full-time in this role, what made you look at what you were doing that made you think, do we have enough information and how can we get the right information to see whether our progress is actually making progress, right? Are we actually seeing a return on on our investment? So tell me about Mortarstone. Why did you guys reach out to them? Was there a specific problem that you were trying to solve? Let's start there. Absolutely. So I 100% agree with you, right? Metrics are, metrics gives us insight into um, the health of our congregation. And then we can use that data to do something about it. So mm, yeah. I think just as a doctor would look at people's symptoms and would measure people's uh, things like heart rate, you know, pulse and, and what have you, um, we use metrics. Uh, giving is absolutely one of them to kind of look at the, the health of our congregation. Mm-hmm. So we believe in metrics. We believe that uh, God cares about metrics. Uh, there's a whole book in the Bible dedicated to it called Numbers. Yeah, we always skip uh, that one. <laughs> Most of us skip that <laughs> <Okay>. one. <laughs> but it is important. That's fine. Um, so, yeah, we absolutely care about metrics, and uh, we believe in celebrating the heart of giving. So we wanted to get a better understanding of our people in terms of, of giving. Uh, and we want to put giving in the right place. So what that means is no less and no more. No less, because we want to, just as we celebrate when people take the next step in in terms of joining community, joining a small group, we celebrate people when they exercise their talents and join a team uh, and serve uh, on a mission together. We want to celebrate people when they take a step of giving and engaging generosity and being obedient to what God's called them to do. And so we want to acknowledge and celebrate that, but we don't want to do more than that because I think the Bible is also explicit in terms of not being partial to people um, who give, especially 
large amounts. So we want to put giving in the right place and celebrate their heart because ultimately I think as people do that, they're glorifying God. Yeah, I totally agree. I, th- I think it's so well, well said. We have to have that balance of recognizing and celebrating when people are doing the right things and behaving in ways that honors God and, and accomplishes his will, but then being careful not to not to do it to the degree where it makes somebody proud or or just sets the wrong tone for what giving is all about. So I love yeah. that you share that because I think that's something every spiritual leader is concerned about. You know, I think one of the resistance that that pastors have in talking about money, especially senior pastors and teaching pastors, is that they don't want to come across partial or or talking about money in a way that's either manipulative or just done with the wrong heart. And uh, it's an interesting balance that you have to have there. And I think the Word of God can help there, obviously. And, and if you do it with the right heart, I think it'll come across that way. But absolutely on the on the strategy side, how do you actually do this? It takes intentionality. You can't just get up there and start talking without a strategy and making sure that how you're communicating is actually going to accomplish what you're trying to do. So I love that you guys are intentional about looking at that and making sure that you're you're celebrating the right way and doing it the right way. Let's dive into the Mortarstone, the software that you guys use. How are you yeah. using it? What tools uh, are you using? And did you consider other tools as well? When you were thinking about using this, were there other tools that you're already using or hoping to, that they would provide the right information? If it didn't, uh, did Mortarstone satisfy that? Let's get into the, some of the details. Sure. So let me describe our setup first. We use PushPay to manage our payments mm-hmm. and Nearly all of our giving is already digital and online, which was great. And then our church management system, including all of our people database, is inside Planning Center online or PCO. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, financial data comes into PushPay. We have our own custom script that sucks all of that data from PushPay and puts it into PCO. And both of those platforms are evolving and have some degree of giving analytics. But we just felt they weren't quite sufficient for us and, and what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Although they, they continue to get better, as I, as I mentioned. We did look around a little bit. And uh, we had actually, because we've got a lot of Wall Street types whose job it is to create financial models. So we'd actually created this massive Excel spreadsheet with more VLOOKUPs and, and macro lines of data than you and I have had pot dinners. Mm-hmm. And uh, it got very complicated and it got very difficult to maintain although it kind of had the data that we were after but uh, when we got to find out about mortarstone and it was a it was a recommendation from our generis consultant and uh, she had shown us mortarstone gave us a quick demo of the power of the analytics that that it had within five minutes we just said to each other we gotta have this and the price was such that uh, we felt it was affordable and it was a, a good use of our investment in, in what it could do I'll give you some of the examples that uh, that we use it for one of the things is we want to know the frequency of our people's giving so that we can celebrate that and also we can go in there when there's a change from Mortarstone, I'm able to tell which of our congregation are weekly givers, which are normally monthly givers, and which are quarterly and even annually. So we have some true first fruits people who in January give 
for the rest of the year, uh, kind of a fairly large amount for the rest of the year. Mm. And uh, without Mortarstone, we wouldn't be able to tell that they do that consistently year in, year out, because uh, mm. as the okay. congregation's gotten larger, um, they, they can often get lost in the noise. So right. we're able to do that. And then what we do is, one, as I keep saying, we celebrate it. We celebrate God um, because that's usually as they take a step into giving or as they increase their giving, there's almost always a great story of God changing hearts or of God doing something in their lives. So we want to celebrate that. And conversely, when people drop giving, that's almost always a, a ministry opportunity. Mm, so yeah, we, yeah. we often say to people, we don't want something from you. We want something for you when it comes to giving. So I love that opportunity to engage people when dropping gives because I'm able to say, what's going on? You know, some of the times is because the, the card numbers change because they, they changed a debit or credit card. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it's not, especially with uh, the kind of the, the economy being difficult over the last 12, 18 months. Right. So we're able to say, we don't just want something from you. When you're experiencing hardship, we've got resources available and we want to be able to walk alongside you through that. Yeah, I, I just love what you just shared, because I think so many times when a church administration's office is just dealing with the intake of whether it's online giving or checks or just, you know, just a, the daily recording of, of expenses and just dealing with the expenses of the church in general, it can be very mundane and, and, and almost uh, structured in such a way that it's all about the numbers. But what you just shared is so important for a church leadership to understand that, especially when it comes to giving, there's a story behind every gift. That story might be, I'm bought in, I give no matter what. Another one might be, I took a step of faith and I'm going to trust God for the first time. Or, hey, I can't give anymore. I lost my job. No member is going to necessarily come out and tell you know, someone who is recording these, these numbers or these lack of giving or the giving for the first time. Nobody's telling that story in there. It's just a transaction. And that can be lost if you're not able to look at it and say, hey, there's a pattern break or there's a change in behavior. And what does that really mean? So I want us to talk about that a little deeper because yeah. I think so many pastors and, and church leaders think, hey, as long as my giving is good, my people must be doing well. And actually there's so much more to that. Even when we look on a, a kind of a macro scale, who's actually giving, you know, the majority of giving to churches is given by older generation. So the baby boomers, uh, maybe some Gen Xers, but the, the most faithful givers are 70 and up, uh, according to the giving statistics. And, and that's an important measure to understand. But then when you drill down and look at individuals that are giving or not giving or not giving consistently, or there's a break in pattern, uh, like you said, that's a ministry opportunity. And I think that's a mind shift for a leadership of a church to really embrace that when they do that, what they're really saying is, it's not that we don't care that you give or not give. Of course we do, because it has a spiritual implication. But we want you to understand that our giving or your giving doesn't motivate us to pursue you one way or the other. It's our desire to help you to be everything God wants you to be. And giving is just one of those measures that can point to either to a breakthrough, a, a, you know, a story that should be told, a story that should be celebrated, or a ministry opportunity that needs to be engaged with. So 
give us a couple of examples how that works and, and why did you guys implement this? Was it all the way up to the, the top leadership that thought through this or tell me about that? I'm just curious how you guys came to that conclusion. It's actually, it's, it's been a multi-year journey and I don't think um, if you're a church that doesn't do any of this, I would take baby steps. It took a while for us to get to the culture of where we are today. And I am very blessed to have a senior pastor who truly gets it. I often just think of myself not really as the ministry leader, but really as a support and consultant for him, as he really, he lives it out, first of all, in his personal life. And uh, he unabashedly preaches it from the front as mm. well. You know? That's great. So we're not afraid to talk about finances. And uh, before we went into the FPU churchwide or what was called momentum back then, we went with the assumption that people are well-intentioned and people are intentioned for impact, but they're not positioned for impact. Mm. I think most people, most people want to be generous. Most people want to give to others, but uh, through choices and circumstances, a lot of people just aren't able to do it. Right. And so that's why we went with a multi-pronged approach. We wanted to teach people how to practically do it. Uh, and the tool we used for that was Financial Peace University, which was very effective for us. And uh, we wanted to also uh, teach them the heart of generosity, heart of giving, and the uh, benefits to everybody when, when people live beyond themselves and, and look to benefit others. And I think it's really through all of those steps. The most success we've had is when people engage all of those steps. That's been the the most uh, transformation that we've seen. Mm. Yeah, I love love that. So going back to just the software of Motorswin and how it integrates yeah. with everything you guys are doing, give mm-hmm. us a bit of a picture of how that data is used. What are you specifically, what kind of reports are you getting? How are you using that? And then how does that really connect to discipleship. At the end of the day, the data only helps you to know either what's broken or what's working. And then with that information, then you can have a strategy on how to implement it. So tell us about the features and then how do you guys interpret that information to then use it to disciple in this area? Sure. I would just start by saying Mortison is extremely powerful, but it can be a little bit intimidating at first. So Mm If you already a Mortarstone user and you're listening to this or you're about to get into Mortarstone and you feel like it's not quite there, I would encourage you to persist with it. And Mortarstone have a great community and a set of people who are willing to teach you. They also have videos where you can just watch how they do it in order to learn. So Mortarstone is extremely powerful. I, I think some of the competitors that we saw you had to use the data that they gave you or nothing. Whereas mm. Mortarstone, right out of the box, gives you a lot of analytics. Let me give you some examples. They'll tell you the basic stuff, total giving, number of givers, number of households, the average gift per household. They'll also tell you who the top givers are, who the middle ones are and who are the lagging givers and the givers who are in danger of lapsing, uh, again, because of the pattern and a, a break from their pattern. One of the things I loved was 
it can show you the progression of giving. So somebody might be in what they term as uh, band one, one year, and then become band three the next year. And you can see the people who migrated from one band to the next band, to the other band, gone up, gone down. It can even tell you the cohort who started giving, say, last July, how have they done since last July? How do they do in August? How do they do in September? So what is it that you were doing last July that was so impactful? So some very powerful things. I'm also just finding out that I'm learning things that I didn't know it could do before. Um, the search function inside Mortarstone is extremely powerful because you can almost use any variable that you have in the database and create searches based on that. So as an example, I want to acknowledge uh, people who give recurrently. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the time, people set up recurring giving, automated giving, and then I know who those are. But I also know there are a lot of people who just once a week during that time in service, they'll pull out their phone and they'll give on their on their cell phone. But they haven't set up automated giving. With Mortarstone, I'm able to craft a custom search. So in this particular search, I look for people who haven't given in two months, but have given in consecutive three months after that. So that's a very custom search that I'm able to do. I saw somebody the other day who wanted to see somebody who's given more than twice when the first gift was May earlier this year. Hmm. So they didn't just give once in May, because I think a lot of other platforms would, would be able to tell you that, but they gave more than twice with the first one in May. You can get that specific with Mortarstone which I think is just very powerful. As I said earlier, I I would just urge people to persist because it does take some investment to learn how powerful it is. Yeah, I think that's typical of any software we use because it's new to us and the features and how it operates. Um, And these are powerful tools. So there is a learning curve that's going to happen. So I, I think that's great advice. Don't give up because it's not easy to use because anything that's going to be easy probably won't give you all that you need, but it's it's worthwhile to get into. I also, I think you mentioned that there's a community. So tell us about that. What's the community like? How do you engage the community? Uh, is that something that's done by Mortarstone or something that's outside of Mortarstone? Yeah, I think I would just say also the, the heart of every Mortarstone employee I've come across has been... Um, the, they believe it. what they're doing is God's work and it's a ministry. So they want to help me uh, minister to, to our congregation more than they care about the dollars that come in every month. So that's really great. So when I've had an issue, I've been able to reach out to my contact and they've been able to go through sometimes on Zoom with a screen demo of how to do a particular task if it's not already on a video. Um, but the thing that I was telling you earlier is they've also, it's very creative. They created a Slack workspace for their staff and their customers to be able to be on Slack together. What that allows us to do is if we have a question, it could be about the tool. It could be, how do I do this particular thing in Mortarstone? Or it could just be, hey, have you guys thought about the CARES app? and how that impacts your church. And then people will chime in with how they're thinking about it. I just think that's that's really awesome and how they've organized that. 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's so great because not only does it provide, I mean, I love the fact that you can call somebody from Mortarstone and say, hey, I don't know how to do this. And they're willing to to sit there with you over Zoom or some way to uh, to help you with a tutorial, a video or something to help you to do it. But I think the community aspect is really ingenious because it allows other people who are also practitioners to bring their own answers. So now you get a diverse uh, answer because people use it in different ways. That's and right. I, yeah. and I think that's great. Uh, I love forums and community. I'm part of many of them, especially in things that I'm interested in, because I get the diversity of, of answers and inputs that helps me then to have the right path to go on, so to speak, or at least decipher what's important, what I can take, what what's useful, what's not. And uh, that's ingenious. I think I, that's that's brilliant. Um, yeah, kudos to them. Yeah, that's that's really good. One other thing that I wanted you to, to kind of go into is now that you have these numbers, what do you guys do as far as the discipleship part? Do you teach classes? Do you look at giving and as well as engagement as a way to say, hey, we need to offer more financial education on the practical side or on the giving side? Does, does it go that granular? Do you guys think about what you do as far as communicating, whether it's from the pulpit or in some other format, whether it's a class or a group or something like that? Does, does um, that lead you into it? What, are you, what is the discipleship part? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Leo. And uh, I don't have all the answers. Uh, I'm only two years into this. I'm learning so much from the Christian Stewardship Network community as well. So thank you and, and the community for that. The data gives us a lot of insight. And a lot of the time, it's uh, one-to-one conversations. And mm-hmm. uh, I am starting to build a team who are familiar with the church's finances, as well as um, how to coach people to start building relationships so that uh, we're there when there's a change occurring, either Mm. because giving has gone up, as an example, or giving has stopped. We want to be there before something changes so that we're there with them uh, when, when the change happens. So I'm building a team to do that. We have classes as well to teach more people at a time. So I've talked about Financial Peace University, which is something that we've done for a long time. But I'm also investigating a bunch of other materials as well to uh, complement that. One of them is the Generous Giving Journey of Generosity, which I've heard some good things about and I'd love to check out. And um, certainly we're doing a fair amount, but um, there's a lot more to do. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the case always, but it sounds like you're gaining information from the data and part of what you're doing is to develop the next steps, to have the team in place, to have those one-on-one. And I, I love that you actually went to the one-on-one before you said, well, we do a bunch of classes and then our pastor does a series on giving. Those are important and we shouldn't not do those. But what you said is that you are developing a team that can be ready to step in. Right now, you're doing probably a majority of that. But as the ministry builds, as the church continues to grow and you see these uh, changes in giving and people facing different situations and the data is pointing to those people, then you can have somebody ready to step in so that there's never a person that goes on for too long without being contacted and being ministered to. Because as you said, this is a ministry opportunity, whether it's to live and celebrate with them or if it's to come alongside and say, how can the church help? I know personally that my wife and I have had pay cuts multiple times throughout our life. Fortunately, we learned how to steward our money years ago. So the first one almost broke us. The second one was less painful and it got easier after that. But if I was part of a church, when I initially had my kind of my financial breakdown in my early twenties, 
And the church would have seen that I was not giving anymore because my wife and I were tithing at the time. But if we were to stop tithing or somehow indicated that there was a problem and the church would have reached out to us and said, can we help you? Is there something we can do? What are you facing? How can we walk alongside you? We love you. We care about you and your family. That would have been incredibly beneficial. And that would have made the difference, I think. But that didn't happen. I wasn't part of a church that was teaching this. They didn't know. Uh, that our giving was affected in any way and nobody called. <laughs> and and, yeah. and I'm sure they knew because it wasn't a large church, but just the information we have today helps us to point to those issues or it points them out to us so that we can take action. And I think that's probably the the biggest selling proposition for a mortar stone or something similar to that is that it gives us the right information so that we can really not miss out on opportunities to minister to people, which is what the church is all for that's what we're supposed to be doing so kudos for you guys for really looking at this not just from a how can we have a system that works more efficiently but the heart behind it from what you shared is we want to make sure we're caring for people we're ministering to people we're celebrating with people and and this just allows you to do it much much better than if you're just trying to guess at it and uh, so I'm, I'm grateful that you found it i'm grateful that you shared some of these features and how how you guys integrated mortarstone there's a lot of type of software and different things that churches are exposed to all the time and new being created all the time. So it's good to just have someone come in and say, here's our experience with this particular one. And like I said, if there's other ones out there that people have, we're not saying move from that to Mortarstone. We just wanted to bring you the heart behind what Mortarstone does, but also to help you understand that this information is important. Data is extremely important to make sure that we're ministering well to people. Any last words that you want to share, Vinny, on this? Anything uh, that we haven't touched on? No, just uh, thanks for having me on. And uh, I would just thank you for the encouragement and the community. And I just hope that uh, people listening can take heart from it and be able to put some of this in practice. I was really scared about reaching out the first time as a result of seeing some data. But I've rarely had negative reactions from people. I just want to encourage people as you reach out to people to minister to them, as long as you have the right heart and, mm-hmm. uh, and you're sensitive about how you do it. Um, I've almost always had positive reactions and uh, it's just an incredibly fulfilling and uh, satisfying part of, the, of my job. Mm. Yeah, that's good. Uh, thank you for sharing that because I think some people may feel like, gosh, I don't know that I want to call someone and say, hey, we noticed your giving has changed. <laughs> uh, that could be <laughs> right. that could be a little bit intimidating. <laughs> but like you said it, you know, if it's if it's coming from the right heart, people will see it for what it is and they'll interpret as that. And and I think as long as your heart's right, uh, you can't go wrong. People need help. And when they do and somebody comes out of what seems like out of the blue, they'll see that as God's hand, you know, God's seeing what they're going through and God is responding. Because uh, that's that's what the church leadership is really about. It's about to serve the Lord by serving his people. And this is such an important part of it because finances touch so many areas of our lives. And when it's not right or something happens, whether it's positive or negative, we need to either be encouraged or we need to be supported. And I love that we have the ability now through the technology that's available and more coming our way to just minister better. That's really the uh, the bottom line is we get to minister to people and love on people. And that's an amazing thing. Well, Vinny, I appreciate your time. I know this is time out of your day. We're all busy and you got things to do. So I appreciate you taking the time to just share your own experience, how you guys are using it 
at Hoboken Grace. And, uh, and I'm grateful for you just for your service in this ministry and for being part of the CSN network. We need people like you, uh, like me, that, that can bring these resources and help us to do this better because we definitely need to do it better. Uh, and there's a lot of, a lot of room for, for improvement there. And so I thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks for having me. It was great. All right. Well, thank you for listening to Stewardship Leader. We hope that this content has been helpful to you. If it has, do us a huge favor. Subscribe to our podcast. Subscribe to our newsletter. Stay connected with us. Uh, you can learn more from CSN and the content we're producing by going to ChristianStewardshipNetwork.com. Then he also mentioned a forum where he connected with us, and I mentioned the same. And that's coming up what seems like a long time, but believe it or not, next year we'll be here very soon. So in March 7th through the 9th, we have our annual CSN forum. So please go to our website. Right on the top of the page, you'll see that, and you can register for this event. And connect with stewardship leaders, champions that are in their churches, serving in this role that Vinny is serving in. And that's really just helping people to understand biblical finance, having financial health, and knowing that that's a spiritual journey. It's part of our discipleship. It needs to be. And uh, if we can help you as a church leader to know how to implement this in your own church. That's what CSN is all about. That's why we exist and we'd love to help you. So again, connect with us through this christianstewardshipnetwork.com website and we would love to serve you. Well, again, thank you for joining us for this episode. We hope you'll join us next time for Stewardship Leader.